It's MKE in the Morning with Mel and Joe on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. 79. Can the Bucks take advantage? Drew Holiday, three for 14. Height advantage on Cameron Payne. Shoot, hits over Payne. 85 81. Oh, yeah, yeah. What up, y'all? We are back. It's MKE in the morning with Mel and Joe on the new 1017 The Truth. We are live from the American Family Insurance Studio at Radio City. And we are being joined now by Justin Garcia, Milwaukee Bucks Radio Network studio host and 620 WTMJ sports host. Good morning, Justin. How are you doing on this fine? The Bucks won last night, and we are now two games away from the NBA championship day. <laughs> Let's go, Justin. He's on hold. One second. You pressed the wrong button. There he is. There he is. Sorry, Justin. We didn't have you yet. <laughs> I don't know how to us? button. Uh, I'm doing a lot better now after what the Bucks were able to do last night. Oh, my gosh. Tell me about it. Joe's got a question off top. I got a question off top. Um, but I, I, gotta, I guess, where do I want to start here? You know what? You said after they were able to pull it off. So I guess this this ties in, Justin. You know what? We're gonna take it there right away. Why did Devin Booker have seven fouls? Uh, <laughs> well, so uh, did you guys see the explanation, crew chief, after the game too? So he was he was asked about the obviously the biggest one, the sixth foul on Devin Booker, and you know I guess credit to the official, but it, it's kind of like the biggest problem of the last. Hey, Justin, I'm not sure where you are, but you're fading out if you're able to move um, somewhere with just like a stronger service. Oh, signals fading. Yeah, you there, you go. Go. there you go. Right, there you go. go. There we you got go. you. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Thank you. I, think I found the spot. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, so I was, I don't know if you guys saw the explanation, but uh, it's kind of the, the biggest problem with the last two minute report. If the call doesn't go your way, the last thing you want to see is the report the next morning where the league says, yeah, we screwed up. Mm-hmm. Um, but the crew chief said, basically, yeah, I missed it. In real time, I thought it was clean. But when I saw the replay, I missed that his hand was draped all over Drew Holiday's back. So it should have been a foul. I, I mean, talking about disaster, though, if Devin Booker had those two that he wasn't called for, if Devin Booker heats up in the final two minutes, hits some big shots, and the Suns win, I mean, that's all we're talking about going forward. Exactly. Exactly. And it seems like, I mean, now I, I'm I'm not, I'm, can't, I don't want to go too far into the refs now, but like, come on, bruh. Like, this happened the first two. This happened game one, game two. Like, just, you could just tell the difference between. Like, just late fouls getting called for the like, – it almost seems like they're waiting for them to miss and then call the foul. Like, oh, wait, oh, no foul. And then we, our guys have to end up on the ground bleeding in order to get 
a foul call even thought about being called. Yeah, I'll I'll say it. This, like, I mean, obviously the, the biggest issue was the Devin Booker calls, but it does feel like overall it was officially better the last two games than it was the first two. But, I mean, the number one question is still, what does Chris Middleton have to do to start to get some whistles? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Maybe he has to start flopping like Jake Crowder. So that was going to be my next question, or my first question, I should say. Do you think, in your honest opinion, because I only actually recently just learned, Justin, that players can get fined after the fact for flopping. I had no idea that that was a thing in the NBA. Do you think that Jay Crowder was flopping? And follow up on that, do you think it's worthy of a fine? Um, I think there was a couple that, uh, as you saw the replay, it was, uh, it was, as Michael Scott would say, it was egregious, but <laughs> I, I, uh, I do not see when they first introduced that we would see fines then. But other than that, the tendency has been to not dish out fines. Now where it is going to be interesting is number one, you, you have to start finding more for flopping, but also how the game is officiated. The league is starting to say, hey, we're going to look into changing some of these fouls because we think it's taken a little bit away from the game where you have guys like Chris Paul and Devin Booker that do those pump fakes and then lean into the defender. There's talk of eliminating those fouls. And what was funny was, so Team USA is currently playing as are going on, which is just bizarre. But uh, the game is officiated a lot different internationally, where you don't get those calls. So in their first exhibition game, Kevin Love did that that same play that we see Chris, Devin Booker, James Harden, countless guys do, where he gets the defender in the air, leans into him to throw up a shot and try to get a cheap foul. And the shot obviously doesn't go in, and there's no whistle, and Kevin Love looks at the official, and the official just kind of gives me – did you really call that? So it's it's only in the end where you see these types of calls, and you wonder how the and their players around that. If we're gonna start to see that change, I hope is yes. Hey, Justin. So first off, you guys, we are talking to Justin Garcia, Bucks Radio Network host and uh, 620 WTMJ sports host, or I should say Bucks Radio Network studio host, excuse me. Justin, I'm so sorry. So you keep kind of like fading in and out. Um, are you able to talk just a little bit right now? Just so we can hear yeah, you. Yeah, can you hear me okay, now? Okay, yep, perfect. Good. Yeah. <laughs> good. You must have that good old T-Mobile. It was that the old cell phone tower oh, test. Can you hear me now? <laughs> good. good. <Yeah. laughs> this is Justin. No, literally, this Justin. Yeah. Garcia. Yeah. Garcia. <laughs> Yo, Justin, is DZ, man. How you doing this morning? Uh, quick question for you. CP3, man, he, he didn't do jack last night. And I'm not mad at it. But what... Yeah. What was your reasoning for that happening? Was it just great defense? Was he having a terrible night? You think something else might be going on? I I, uh, I think it's a combination. Oh, we're Justin, losing you again. Yeah, you sound like Mr. Dirt Robot, though. <laughs> uh, what about now? Now yep. we can hear you. <laughs> he on top of the refrigerator. Um, uh, I'll be as quick as possible. As quick as possible here. I think it was a combination of three. Drew Holiday was great. Uh, 
the last play where he lost a lot of characteristic turnovers. I'm not sure his shoulder isn't 100% dealing with what he's gone through the last few series. Okay, so you think that he's not at 100%. I, I mean, I I think that defense did put a stop to him. Like, there were definitely quite a few shots that typically go in that simply weren't going in. But I would agree with you. I think that it was definitely a combination. I do find it super interesting, though, that uh, D-Book and Chris Paul seem to have switched, you know, from games <laughs> three and four. You know what I think? What's that? I think they tired. You do? I think they tired, man. They got they over here thinking about, like, damn, we got at least two – at least – Bruh, like I know I've been saying this since before the playoffs, Justin. Nobody really truly wants to run with the Milwaukee Bucks for seven games straight because that's the name of our game. We're running and gunning every play like we're not scared to do that. That's grueling. What do you think about that? Well, I think here's where the series gets really interesting now. The Suns have never been in this spot. That, you know, they were down 2-1 to one to the Lakers, but Anthony Davis went down, and you knew the series was different from that point forward. They swept the Nuggets in the second round, and the Clippers, it went six, but they were up three games to one in that series. The Suns have never faced this, as the Bucks have put it, the last two years' adversity. So that's a big advantage for the Bucks. They were down to the Nets. They thought Giannis was out for the rest of the season against the Hawks and tied with them. They've been in this spot. This is the first time Phoenix is going through this. Justin, just personally, man, how how proud are you of our Milwaukee Bucks right now? Just from just because the things that we have with the our relationship with the refs is nothing new. It's almost like a culture, man. You know, you know, this is like your sixth season too, I believe. You said uh, so. I mean, just being a, a lifelong Bucks fan for me, I'm. We're, I feel like I'm, I'm used to it, but it's not. It's something you can't really get used to because it's like, are you serious? How, how can 20,000 people see that and you don't see that? You're, and you're on the floor. Um, like, but the old Bucks back in the day, you know, once upon a time, we would have folded, you know, under that pressure, I feel like, because we have mm-hmm. over and over again. But yesterday, it just seemed way different. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's exactly what I said after the game that – I can't describe it, but this team just wins all the games that the old Bucks would lose. That you you heard about the uh, the mantra of never trust the Bucks and same old Bucks. I mean, these are games we've seen the team lose, and it's all changed in this postseason. It started with going on the road and winning the game seven and, and winning without Giannis. It's it's just a tough team, and you know when when we think back to all of us. When we started with this team, when we grew up as fans, and you think back to some of those moments at the Bradley Center, I mean, just letting it all soak in and realizing last night they won their second game in the NBA Finals. And not only are they on this level, but they're two wins away from a championship. And it's still, I don't know that it's set in for me yet. No. Two more wins, and they're the best team in the world. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, Justin. You know, I think all of us, most of us really, well, those of us in this studio at least, I guess, you know, we're lifelong Bucks fans. And so it's surreal. It truly is. And um, we're definitely taking it a game at a time. So let's go ahead and talk about the next game. You know, we got to get one in Phoenix. We know that we're the we're technically the underdog team in this series. So what is it that we can do to get a win on Phoenix's court? Because they do a great job of protecting their court just like we do a great job of protecting ours but what is it that we can do to penetrate that beer that barrier and get that win 
Yeah, so uh, I I think what I saw last is the Suns are still favored, but it's light favorites at this point. And, you know, the way that these four games have gone, you've got to think that's entirely because two of the three games would be played in Phoenix. Um, I think what was encouraging for the Bucks is they won a game last night where Giannis wasn't the guy that was driving the bus. Right. He wasn't the clear best player on the court. They got the Chris Middleton game. And I just think we've seen this team – play better as series have gone on in each of the rounds. I mean, in Miami, obviously, it was a sweep, but they still got better throughout that series. Brooklyn is the biggest one we'll point to with the way they played really from games three through seven. They should have won game five. They outplayed the Nets to close that out. They did the same thing to the Hawks. So it just seems like this team figures things out around two to three games into the series. We've seen the defense get a lot better throughout this series. It's all going to come down to the half-court offense and whether or not they can continue to generate turnovers and get in transition because their half-court offense still hasn't been great. They're just scoring on fast break. But, you know, the defense, they can continue to play like this. It goes back to what I said before. It's a test for Phoenix now, that the pressure is on them, that the series is tied, and they have to win game five because they've seen what it's like on the road and if you lose that game and come to Miami or Milwaukee with a chance for the Bucks to close it out at home in six games, that puts a lot of pressure on the Suns. So I think it's just the defense has to play like it has through these last couple of games. And you just can't have the game two performances that you got from Chris and Drew. As long as they're giving you, you know, 15 to 20 points and hitting some timely shots like they did, I like the Bucks' chances, the way that they've played in the last few games. Nice. We like that, Justin. If you're just tuning in, we're talking to Justin Garcia, Milwaukee Bucks Radio Network Studio and 620 WTMJ Sports host. On MKE in the morning with Mel and Joe on the new 1017 The Truth. Justin, all right, man. From a, a newer Bucks aficionado perspective, this felt like one of the like most complete games that, for example, Chris and Giannis had as like a whole as a unit, being like the originals of the, you know, the Bucks team kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Do you agree? Yeah. Your thoughts. Where do you feel about that? Yeah, I thought uh, afterwards too, the the picture that they had of Giannis and Chris embracing. We've seen it a couple of times, but that it just it just sums up the team and what this team has gone through and those two specifically. And you know, the fact that you had Giannis, this wasn't one of his best games and yet oh by the way, he still almost had a triple double. And then Chris, ten straight points and hitting the shots down the stretch. I mean, that's the perfect recipe for the Bucks. That Giannis is the guy that's there throughout the game. And when you do need the half court offense Chris is there to finish it just because of the stakes of the game and what they did in those final two minutes. You know, I'm, we were kind of joking about it on the broadcast, but you look at the box score. I'm still not sure how the bucks won this game. And I think to Joe's earlier point, I don't really care. It just feels good (laughs) that finally the bucks were able to get one of those games instead of always pointing to man, I can't believe the bucks dropped that game or the opponent came back and did that same thing. The Bucks had no business winning last night's game when you look at the raw numbers, and yet they did. And it really feels like a lot of times in series, those are the games that swing things. I mean, the Bucks saw it firsthand against the Raptors a couple of years ago where we'll point to game three and say, the Bucks really should have won that game. And if they do, the series is over. I, I think you could say it a couple of times in the Brooklyn Nets series, but especially in game three where that was a winnable game for Brooklyn if they win that. The series is over. These things have a tendency to really bubble up 
and shift the series. And I think that's definitely the hope because of what it did for the Bucks last night. I couldn't agree more, Justin. And you know what? I'm just I'm I feel so thankful that we've been able to witness the growth that has been, you know, Giannis and Chris as a unit. It's just really remarkable to see and, you know, the way that they give each other their accolades. But not only that, I mean, the way that this team, they hype each other up, you know, and I I have to say my my favorite moment last night was when uh, I think it was Jeff Teague when he came off the bench and he helped pick Chris up after Chris uh, got that crazy shot. And he didn't get a foul call on and that. And one. Come on now. And one, Shut Justin. Well, that's an well, and one. I don't yes, care. it was. Yes, it was. He was on the ground and they still didn't call still it. Still didn't call it. Crazy. Well, just the fact that, Mel, you said your favorite moment involved Jeff Teague. Who would have thought anyone would be saying that <laughs> right. a couple of weeks ago? Right. You know, one of my favorite moments was? was that? Was shutting up those 160 Suns fans that was that tried to infiltrate Pfizer <sighs> for him. And they were counting out loud. One, two, while Giannis at the free throw line. But you know why you couldn't hear it? Because mm. our, our fans are too busy chanting MVP. MVP. MVP, drowning out all that little noise. Milwaukee, shout out to y'all, man. Milwaukee Bucks fans, y'all did that. And what's funny about that is the Suns fans really thought, Justin, that they could come in here and do those chants. But you know what? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice or strike three. Wait, fool me once, strike one. Fool me twice, strike three. There it is. There it is. Uh, and Justin, they really, they, they, I heard that they, they scheduled the this game after game two because they really were sold on Bucks and four. But like I always say, you, like I was taught, mom said, don't count your money before you get it. Okay? Because they thought they had it in the bag, and the Bucks said, you fool. This isn't even my final form. So, again, <laughs> fool me one strike, one fool me twice, strike three. Well, uh, I, I think the unfortunate thing, too, is um, the Suns overall, I think it's a good story, and they're a likable team. But if you're the Bucks, you say, hey, we went through this two years in a row. It's our turn. So, you guys can go through this. We hope you get it next year. Fine. But – this is our turn to yes. do this. So yes. uh, I agree that, you know, we saw everybody. There was, all, there was much more Suns fans in the building. It's because of how these first two games went. But I just keep pointing back to those two games. After the two losses to Brooklyn, it did kind of feel like, eh, maybe the Bucks are overmatched here. I did not feel that way in the first two games against the Suns, that it was really mm-hmm. four minutes in each game you would point to where Phoenix was able to go on a run and push the lead out there over double figures that changed the game. And it was, hey, let's just make sure that doesn't happen. And that's what we saw in these two games, and the Bucks won. I couldn't agree more. I definitely think that they're and, – and it was their fans too. I think that environment helped them win. So I, I think we'll take one on the – well, we have to, but we'll definitely get one on the road. And I pray tell, hopefully it'll be on Saturday, game five. Justin, thank you so much you guys that was Justin Garcia Milwaukee Bucks radio network studio host 620 WTMJ sports host Justin we hope you have a great rest of your day and hopefully we'll talk to you again after we win this chip well let's hope uh that would be an incredible atmosphere for all of us on (laughs) Tuesday in game six and now in the meantime I'm gonna go look for a new cell phone (laughs) sounds good (laughs) he don't gotta get a new cell phone he just gotta update his towers that's all oh that's all you gotta stand on the tower (laughs) (laughs) with a tinfoil hat (laughs) (laughs) More of MKE in the Morning with Mel and Joe is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.